Lime Ninjas, and welcome to episode 91 of Lime Ninja Radio. I'm your host, McKay Rippey, and with us from lovely La Jolla, California, is our certified show producer and brains behind the business, Aurora. Hello, and I'm very excited to have my Aunt Jackie and Uncle Pete out visiting. Woohoo! Yeah, <laughs> they came out. There's a they have a group of friends uh, that they are celebrating a wedding with. Um, so they came out to stay where I'm living. The only problem is, is that I am now in the guest bedroom, which is actually quite moldy. Oh, no. Yeah. So, yeah, there's some visible mold nearby. So I spent a few nights uh, not sleeping well because I knew that there was like mold right there. Are you having any symptoms? Um, I'm having like some leftover sore throat that's popping up again. Um, and there might be, there might be a little bit of like anxiety that's popping up because of the mold or it could be because, you know, you know, the probiotic that I had was wearing off and from a, from a bad diet. So you've got lots of things going on. Oh yeah. Well, and then I was I was sick all last week too. It wasn't good. Right. Well, yeah. <laughs> I hear the sniffles. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> well, hang in there. Yeah, I'm trying to. I got that spray that you sent me. So, I sprayed it all around last night and I got a lot better sleep last night than I did the yeah. previous two nights. Interesting. And that's Dave Asprey's bulletproof. He calls it home biotic. So, it's hmm. a it's friendly bacteria that you can spray in a living space and it competes with the mold. It'll kill off the mold and it does so in a gentle way. So the mold doesn't get all freaked out and release all kinds of toxins into the air. Like you can with bleach, hydrogen peroxide, and some of those other harsher chemicals. So it, it worked right away, huh? Yeah. And it smells nice too. And it smells <laughs> nice. Bonus. That's so cool. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll have a link to that home biotic product on the show notes. And one more thing I want to talk about before we introduce today's expert, Brenda Cosentino, is that we have reached 100,000 in terms of downloads. So that's a, yeah, it's a big deal. 100,000 people have listened to this show, and that's just incredible. So we're so humbled to be able to bring, so humbled that we have an audience. So when we bring this information every week, that there's somebody out there listening and getting the feedback from you and getting the emails from all you ninjas out there just makes it worthwhile. Yeah, it's a learning process and we keep and we're keeping doing we're keeping at it and we hope to keep on doing this for a long time for a very long time. That's right. Okay, Roar, tell us a little bit about today's Lyme expert, Brenda Cosentino. Brenda had a 20-year battle with psychiatric issues that started in middle school and came to a head in 2007 when she started taking medication for her mental health that was causing crippling anxiety and panic attacks. She started researching how to treat her mental health with food and diet, and from then on, it was a steep learning curve with which she tremendously improved her mental health with her diet. In 2012, she was diagnosed with Lyme disease and several co-infections and was referred to a Lyme literate doctor in the United States. After several years of struggling with Lyme treatment, she has had successful remission after intensive parasite cleansing, Stephen Buhner's protocol for Lyme and co-infections, and Wall's paleo diet. She has no symptoms and has been completely medication-free for over eight years. Brenda blogs about food at therealfoodrebel.com. Thanks, Aurora. And here is our interview with expert and real food rebel, Brenda Cosentino. How did you get interested in food and real food in particular? Okay. So I have had been sick for a 20-year period, very, very ill. I'd gone to many doctors and um, one of my primary symptoms was um, depression. And so from there, I was put on many, many medications. And a few of these medications then created a chemically induced bipolar disorder. So then I was put on more medication, antipsychotics, mood stabilizers. 
um, for 14 years and I wasn't getting better. I was suicidal. It was a horrible, horrible period. And I also had severe fatigue. I had all of the Lyme disease symptoms as well. But so I decided to begin. This was just when we were receiving the internet in my part of the woods in Canada. And I began researching alternative treatments for mental illness. And I came upon the work of uh, Pfeiffer and Hoffer. And they were curing people with nutrients. And so I just kind of went in that whole direction. Um, I pulled myself off of all of those psychiatric meds in 2007. And I began treating myself with vitamins and minerals um, with some success. But I never got rid of the fatigue, the body pain, all of the chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia symptoms, Lyme disease symptoms. So I began um, just, I changed my diet. I found an alternative practitioner. He changed my diet in 2008. And I began with the specific carb diet. And I was a little bit better, but I wasn't really better. And I fumbled along uh, really for the next five years Um, I wasn't improving, and finally I received a Lyme disease diagnosis in 2012. And who gave you that diagnosis? Uh, An alternative practitioner in Canada. Did you get a blood test, or how was the diagnosis made? No, it was a clinical clinical diagnosis, and he also uses um, muscle testing. Mm Mm-hmm. And he said, you test for every co He said, I've, I've never seen anyone test for every co-infection that I test for, but you have them all. So then um, I began researching Lyme disease, and I knew at that point it was very chronic. And he actually wanted me to go to the U.S. and receive treatments through one of the uh, Lyme literate doctors in the US but I I did just didn't have the money. I have been had been on a disability since 2004 and I didn't have the resources. So I began uh researching and I was like a dog with a bone. I thought I'm going to cure myself of this thing by myself somehow. Um and I began researching the works of Hulda Clark. Um and eventually, uh, you know, that we most of us that have chronic illness have parasites. From there, I went to Stephen Buhner's treatments and then to Wall's Paleo Diet. Um, and all of this, I discovered that whenever I treated myself with real food, as opposed to supplements, I got better and better. And even through uh, hair testing, I've done hair testing, um, after one year of being on the Walls Walls diet, paleo diet, my all of most of my mineral levels jumped right into the normal range after only one year. So I have the proof that food works for myself. It's been a, an amazing transformation for those people who know who knew me when I was sick. They can't believe that I am the same woman that I am at this point. So, yes, I am just so hooked on, on food, uh, and, and food has just become my, my passion. Um, so let me ask some basic questions here. Okay. I'm very familiar with paleo, but not yes. with the walls version of paleo. So okay. what, are there, what are the differences there? Okay, there's, there's many different versions of paleo, and I was basic paleo for a long time before I discovered Dr. Walls and um, really an Atkins style diet. That's a paleo diet. It's uh, paleo is when you're eating vegetables, fruits, meats, eggs. Um, really, it's it's a lower lower carb uh, diet. So it's grain free, sugar free, processed food free, dairy free. And I I had been eating that way, but the paleo that I was eating was more protein heavy. Mm-hmm. So I was eating more meats and more fats as opposed to vegetables. Now, 
I did eliminate fruits because I knew that they fed pathogens. Um, so I was really restricting fruit, but I was, I realized I was overeating meat. So overeating protein. And when we overeat protein for our body size, it just gets turned into sugar. So in an indirect way, I was still feeding the pathogens. Are you ketogenic right now? No, I'm not ketogenic now. I always keep my carbs now. I, and I always have kept them around 100 grams per day. And then in what and, form do you take them? Uh, well, I eat nine cups of vegetables per day. So, um, and I that's also... Still, that's a lot of vegetables to get to 100 carbs. That's a lot? To get to 100 carbs, 100 grams of carbs, yeah? What kind of vegetables are you eating? Well, I... Mean, I you'd have to eat like a truckload of broccoli to get to 100 carbs, right? Um, well, I, I'm also eating fruit now. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> yes, 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 I was, I was imagining this kitchen full of yes. kale or something. <laughs> no, I am eating um, a fair bit of fruit Okay. okay. now that I'm healed. Yes. Because I, I just find that I need the extra carbs yep. because what was happening, I was getting a little bit too thin. Um, about f six months ago, I had all these people saying to me, okay, that's enough weight off. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You're starting to look. Gaunt, yes. Yeah. So, and I have since added back in uh, baked potatoes. Okay. Sweet potatoes. Mm. Black beans. Um, and a little bit of rice once in a while. Mm -hmm. I've had to. And, and this is where, for me, it's good. I have lots of energy because I exercise a lot. I'm very active. I swim a lot. I snorkel. I, I walk probably five miles a day. Um, so it just gives me enough energy. And I also take uh, fish oil every day. And what, and I, what kind? Do you do anything special? Well, I was. <laughs> and then? <laughs> well, and then I read about all this controversy, and uh, now I'm, I'm finishing up the fish oil that I have, and I don't want to, you know, I, I'm kind of on the fence about what kind of fish oil we're, we're all so we're, let's, let's name names. Were you doing the green pasture? Yes. yes. And, and then I, I read all these things and, and, and I haven't really had the time to research. I, I had a, received a lot of messages from people saying, you know, whatever about this company. And then what's your, what are your views on, on this? Uh, so full disclosure, I do sell a little bit in my practice. It's not a big seller of mine. Okay. Uh, but I do. I One of my best friends and my daughter takes it regularly, and it really helps them emotionally be stable. Okay. And without it, they really tend both tend toward uh, depression. So well, when, when the controversy – I don't want to get deep into this controversy because that's like at least a whole show in and of sure, itself. Sure. How, however, I do want to say I, I read some of the pros and cons – and I'm satisfied enough that I stayed with it. Yeah. And, you know, I kind of feel the same way. I mean, I must say that I was taking two tablespoons a day mm -hmm. and my skin is just fantastic on that stuff. I mean, I had a man yesterday tell me that I had I had the skin of a young woman. Yeah. And so you need, you need fat to have good skin. Absolutely. Good fat, yeah. Absolutely. So, well, maybe I'll just stay with it then. I mean, I personally never had any problem with it, but you know, you know how it is on the internet. Yep. It's like, yeah, you know. Well, I think part, part of it. So first of all, just, and to be clear, I do the combination of uh, fermented cod liver oil and butter oil mixture. Yes. So I do both because I want, I'm coming from the Western price world. Exactly. Um, the, the issue was part of the labeling of what exactly is cod and cod liver oil. So it, it depends on his sourcing of these, these livers, and sometimes they're from a fish called skate. And right. some people saying, well, that's not cod, that's skate. But skate's in the cod, plant, blah, blah, blah. So okay. a, lot of, a lot of it was um, just a tempest in a teapot. The second was some technical arguments about, well, you know, if you're fermenting, then you're, 
you're doing something with the oils and you can't really ferment it because you can't ferment a, 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 a carbohydrate or, I mean, a, a protein or a fat. And, you know, I just, he's using a, an age-old method. So the age-old method of getting cod liver oil was they'd throw the stuff in the pot barrel outside the door of the fisher cottages in, in the in Norwegian countries in uh, Norway and Scand- I should say Scandinavian countries and it would rot it would just literally rot and the oil would rise to the top and they would scoop the oil off the top and that's that's the origin of, of cod liver oil and because it's not a very efficient process uh, as we needed more and more in, in the modern age is they've developed all these chemical processes for getting much more efficiently the oil out but they use solvents to do that Either that or high pressure, which can damage the oils, from my understanding. These oils that we need are so delicate. And that's, yeah. you know, that's one of the issues with all the vegetable oils is they're highly processed and, yeah. and they can be highly squeezed. So the, the nutrition value that may have been in there, uh, is gone, let alone the, just the omega six, omega three yeah. balance idea. So that's, that's my short take on that whole thing. So eat, eat up. And then, and then I've also started, uh, eating carry gold butter on its own right you know we do have a we have a small herd of cows here but uh right now the mom who just gave birth is an ornery cow and we can't get near to milk so <laughs> maybe, oh. maybe in a month or two we'll get a nicer cow and we'll be able to get some fresh milk and right. make our own better but <laughs> nice. it's right now it's carry gold which is which is pretty good yes you can tell essentially the nutrients in butter the darker yellow Yes. The more nutrients go along with it. So that's the beta carotene right. coloring it, but yes. the, the fat soluble nutrients tend to go with that. And a real, I mean, you can get a butter that's, geez, almost close to orange. Uh, nice. It, in the right time of year on a really high fat, uh, right. uh cow milk kind of thing. Anyway, so we, we really digressed here. <laughs> but it's a well, good digression. I learned something today. So thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. So here's my question for you too. So right now you're eating, uh, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make this statement, then ask you a question about what you're eating now and then what you ate before. You're eating a maintenance diet now. This isn't the diet yeah. that got you out of kind of the, the extreme fatigue, Lyme symptoms. So yes. why don't okay. you just take me through a day right now of what you're eating just to keep things going at a nice pace. Okay. What I'm eating today, um, I'm in remission 19 months. Yay. Uh, yes. And I start, I have a green smoothie every single day. And with the green smoothie, I take a few supplements and I take my fish oil. And then for lunch, I will have a big salad um, with some protein, lots of vegetables, and usually uh, uh, a tomato salsa with onions, cilantro, uh, um, onions, yeah, tomato, cilantro, and lime juice. And then supper is always cooked. Uh, it might be a potato, a baked potato, um, maybe some beef, uh, cooked vegetables, and that's pretty well my day. I don't eat past five o'clock, six o'clock, uh, ever. And, and, and why is that? Because the bot that's that's the body's time to digest. It takes a long time to digest all of that food, and then the body goes into repair work. Um, so, so this is what I was told. So don't eat past, don't eat, uh, and it's, it's intermittent fasting. And so I don't eat then usually till the next day till around 10 in the morning, 11 in the morning. And, and often I only eat twice a day. I may have an 11 o'clock meal and then a five o'clock meal and then I don't eat again, but my meals are really big. Did you get hungry? No, never, uh, ever, <laughs> because as long as I eat enough fat and I'm eating enough, it, because my diet is so nutrient dense, uh, my body never screams for anything. It, it's a, it's a crazy thing that happens. And my blood, blood sugar is always level unless I eat later than 11 in the morning or 10 in the morning. 
And that is, that's Dr. Walls. That's her intermittent fasting is that uh, you, you eat twice a day and you you just, you cut off at five o'clock and, and that's it. And it's amazing. It is amazing. That's fantastic. It is. Because I used to have terrible blood sugar swings yes. when I was sick. Yes. And how is your today's how is today's diet different from what you kind of like when you finally figured out the code when you cracked the code and really saw the biggest improvement what's the difference uh there's very little difference actually i'm i'm basically eating the same that i i've been eating the same for the last uh uh few years now and um the only difference is that i eat more fruit i eat uh, the starchy carbs now, a bit of rice. Uh, I also eat the black beans. I'm in Mexico, so you, you're just going to eat black beans whether you want to or not. <laughs> and you're going to eat some rice. Um, and I'm eating the, and I love potatoes. I, I, potatoes are very high in potassium. Potatoes, beans, because what I found on the uh, paleo diet is it tends, it can be uh, potassium deficient. Mm. I also get potassium in my avocados that I put in my green smoothie, but mm. I just find the addition of these potassium rich foods, I just feel so much stronger, really. Yeah, and just want to point out to everybody listening that people's needs, nutrient needs, including mineral, these electrolyte needs can vary all over the place. Yes. So if you have a hankering for avocados, the other one that you mentioned there, sweet potatoes are very high in potassium. So that's yes. another great source. Yeah. So if, if you have the hankering for these foods, you you may need more potassium. Some people need more sodium. And yes. some people need a combination of both. So some people talk yes. about the you know the bone broth and kind of yes. a high salt amount in it and it just does them wonder. So yeah. just I think Part of the message there, definitely what your subtext there is pay attention yes, to what and, makes you feel better, right? You no, know, and that reminds me, like when I was healing, when I was really sick, we, we made pots and pots of bone broth yeah, and pots and pots of soup with the bone broth, you know, cooked vegetables and hamburger. I ate that almost every day for a year. That was my lunch. Um so I'm very much uh, a fan of bone broth and, and fermented foods. Sour, we make homemade sauerkraut, beet kvass. Um, and here in Mexico, I use a very small amount. I am able to source uh, a natural yogurt. There's a, f- a local farmer that makes it, so I know it's live. Cow's milk or goat's milk? It's, it's actually goat's milk. Yeah. And I am dairy. I, I really avoid dairy, but I will... You know, at the end of a meal, I will have, you know, maybe three or four teaspoons of his goat yogurt and it seems to work really well. Do you have a problem with it? No, not with his goat yogurt. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. But but processed commercial yogurt, yes, I can't eat it. Right. So it turns out, I, the reason I this is on the top of my mind, I just looked this up for a patient of mine. Uh, yogurt is also high in potassium. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> It is. So you've got this potassium need, don't you? And I also have a salt need as well. Yeah, to keep them both up. Okay. Well, because, And I'm sweating here in Mexico daily. Yeah. So I, I, I'm very, very – because when I was sick and my hair test is on my blog, my first hair test, my sodium and potassium were just on the ground. Yeah. So I sometimes – I can tell when I'm craving salt. I'll just take some salt, sea salt, and a glass of water, and, and I'm usually good for four or five days. And I do salt my food. When you were sick, did you lose your ability to sweat? Yes. Yeah. I didn't sweat at all. Yeah. I, I didn't sweat for probably 15 years. And here's and- a – really, 15 years. Here's the second part of that. Did you move to Mexico – after you kind of got recovered or before? Before. I, I, I think you put yourself in a, in a 24-7 sauna, too. I think that helped. Well, it's, I did. Of course I did. <laughs> and I, you know, I lay out in the sun and I, I soak in the ocean. It's a mineral-rich water. 
I get the, you know, I get the sun, I get my vitamin D. Yeah. There's a fresh sea air coming. It's, it's high in oxygen. It's a very healing environment. I just did a post on living in Playa del Carmen, living and healing in Playa del Carmen. Um, so yes. And, and I've been, I came down when I was very sick and I just kept staying longer and longer and longer. My, <laughs> my visits. Um, and, and really Lyme, you know, I think Dr. Jernigan has a good article that I got from him on how, you know, disease sets in when the body is cooling in a cooling phase. And I was freezing to death all the time. Hmm. I would eat lunch and then I would have to have a, a, a bath, a sea salt, a, a salt bath to just warm to up. warm up. And I realized that I was very iodine deficient and I started supplementing with kelp. Yes. And that's when I started to warm up. Yes. And that's when I started to sweat. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Yeah. I here's my. I, I haven't put together my kind of, even for my patients here in in Clinton. I, I think in general, population wise, there's a very good chance you're deficient in magnesium. Oh, absolutely. Iodine. Absolutely. Vitamin D. Yeah. Fish oil. Yeah. Right. The absolutely those nutrients, and with that, so I'd include the omega threes, all those you know DHA, DHA, or whatever these are, and um, and also vitamin K two included yes, included absolutely. in all that. So yes. those, and then I take a look at for a lot of people too in sodium. I find a lot of people are suffering because they think that they're supposed to take all the sodium out of their diet that they're yeah. actually sodium deficient. So get them on some sea salt. So those, those things are tend to be invisible yeah. in terms of, of diet. They're, they're really, they're not in our, they're not in our food sources in general in concentrated forms. You're bang on. And uh, it's anyway, just when it's the right thing, it's, you know, yeah. a lot of times you'll take a vitamin and it's kind of like, meh, but if you take a supplement or a food or a food rich in some of these things, magnesium is yeah. a little bit tough to get it concentrated. Um, but the iodine, you know, with kelp, um, yeah. with the, the butter, the rich uh, K2 yeah. butter, those things uh, can make an immediate impact for sure. If you notice right oh, away. Greens. Greens. Are, greens. Yeah. With the folate. Yeah. yeah. No, it's you're bang on. And the other thing, I think those of us with Lyme disease or any kind of chronic infection, uh, copper. I was very low in copper. You were low, huh? Yeah, I was. I was like bone low. And at the time, everybody was screaming on the internet that we're all high in copper. And no, I was, you can be. It's not hard to be t toxic, but you were low. I was low. I was low. I'm just getting. I'm just. I now test my hair every year, and I'm mm -hmm. when I go back to Canada in uh, two weeks, I'm going to do a hair test and just see where I'm at. But I've been I took copper for a long time, and it's funny it, it reversed my most of my gray hair. <laughs> <laughs> you, you just sold a lot of copper. <laughs> well, I mean. And and I don't I don't suggest that people. I always say you know you should test. Oh, absolutely. Eat it. Uh, I, I'm not an advocate of taking things randomly, um, but for sure it 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 made a and I mean we need copper to fight infection. Right. Here's I'll, here's the I'll I'll give a couple of copper scare stories to to balance out okay. the, the, okay. the hair thing. One is I had a patient who's very much an organic mom and tries to grow her own food and didn't want to use pesticides. So she used a copper dusting for her tomatoes one year and gave herself copper toxicity, which wasn't yeah. found out until, and she was wow. having all kinds of like anxiety symptoms and some other symptoms that at the time she just attributed to Lyme disease, but she got tested even with just a simple blood test and she was right. off the charts in terms of copper. So yeah. she added zinc in to help uh, exactly. calculate that out. Yep. And the other, and this isn't proven, but I have another patient who I was curious about, uh, and I asked her to to get off her home water supply. She has town water uh, from the village where she lives, 
And interestingly enough, there's there's a house that they built beyond. So they're off the main water line, and the town put in a copper pipe to bring them water. And then there's like another eighth of a mile and another house. And when they built this house, they also used copper. And it's been this succession of disasters happening in this house. So people move into this house, and in about six to nine months, the family goes off the rails in very bizarre ways. And I'm just wondering if they're not just going really crazy because of copper toxicity. Too I mean, that's leaching into the water. If the water's a little bit acidic and pulling a little bit too much sure. out of the pipes. So uh, anyway, so it can, you know, don't just go willy nilly taking copper supplements. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So what's in, I mean, in terms of fatigue kind of and mitochondrial resuscitation, what do you think is is most important in terms of of food? And the other thing is why you know why do you have to be careful about sourcing food? Why can't you just go to the supermarket and just buy food there? Isn't that okay? Well, um, I mean, we do the best we can. I don't I don't eat anything in a box or a can or a plastic wrapper. Anything that has a label on it, I won't eat it. Why not? Why not? Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's dead. It's probably just uh, it actually at that point it becomes a toxin. Um, so take a take a can of tomatoes, you know, in an aluminum can. It's leached all the aluminum out. I'm perhaps those tomatoes were good at one time, but once they've been sitting in there and then they've been added preservatives, additives, everything else. Uh, that can of tomatoes becomes toxic. And I think, I really think that's why so many of us are sick today. It's because we are eating box cereals. Um, you know, you might be better off eating the cardboard instead of the cereal inside. And, um, uh, so I just eat real food that was once alive. So fruits, vegetables, eggs, um, meats, fish. Uh, all natural foods, and I don't, I don't, I don't shop on the inside aisles of grocery stores. Now I do go in there to buy coffee because I'm not, you know, I'm not a, a saint. I'm not a food saint, and um, that's about all I buy in the inside aisles. I do buy uh, olive oil, maybe apple cider vinegar, and that's about it. Otherwise. I just I go to the fruits, vegetables, and that's it. And and that's how I got my health back. And in you see that's in Mexico and in Canada I'm very blessed because I have wonderful sources for food. I have I have grass-fed beef that I buy from a friend of mine. I buy my eggs from a friend of mine, free-range eggs. I go to the farmers markets and I buy beautiful produce there in the summer when I'm there. Um, so uh, that's where we get that's where the we get our the real real good food. It's there, but we have to just kind of look for it. And I get I also buy chickens uh, that are you know they're they're pesticide hormone free chickens from another friend of mine in Canada. You've got great friends. I do. Well, you know, it's funny. They weren't <laughs> friends. I, I didn't even know these people when I first started. Uh-huh. And now they're my friends because, and I have such admiration for, for farmers. Um, I just think it's, you know, it's the farmers that are keeping it. It's the small farmers, the farmers that are, um, aren't using past pesticides, herbicides. They're, they're organic farmers. They are keeping us alive. I mean... I don't have to talk to you about farming practices because you know all about that, but um, it's really important. And, you know, but here in Mexico, I just go to my market and I just, I just buy what's there, my, my local fruit and vegetable stand. And I just think in Mexico here, they use less pesticides and herbicides because the fruits and vegetables are a little, the oranges, for example, they're kind of beat up looking. Uh, the you can tell they're they're more natural. Mm-hmm. They they have 
been dyed and and they're not GMO. I know a lot of a lot of these are heritage varieties, or so friends of mine have told me, assured me. Um, so it's just a different um, different food source here. And if somebody were inspired by you to say, wow, you know, I really want to change my diet as part of healing from Lyme. Two questions. Where would you begin? And then do you advocate a step-by-step approach? Like step one, take this out. Step two, replace it with this. Or you like whole hog and let's just go through the cupboard and throw out everything that's not good and bring in everything all at once. Well, okay, the very first thing I tell people is go out and buy the Walls Protocol. By Terry, Terry Walls, isn't it? Terry Walls. Yes. I would, you know, this this woman is just, like, she nailed it. She, she She's just nailed it. It's a great book. It's easy to read, easy to understand. And she has step-by-step on how to progress through through the diet and she explains why we need kelp why we need all these different things and i would just say get that book and and uh but if people want to get started right now i would just say um just eliminate everything in a box or can and start cooking you know like it's so easy to make a green smoothie now unfortunately it requires that you buy uh a more expensive blender. But the blender I have here in Mexico, it's a KitchenAid. It's mm-hmm. cost me $200. I have a Vitamix in Canada. Um, but this KitchenAid is a great little blender. And I, I think these blenders last me about three years because I use them every day with carrots and like, like I'm hard on my blenders. <laughs> um, but for an inexpensive blender, make sure it's got the nine horsepower motor. I would just say, and I tell my friends here, if you just want to do one great thing for yourself, make yourself a green smoothie every morning. And you will eliminate all of the the box cereals, the bagels, the toast, you know, all those standard American diet breakfast foods that we've come to to eat every day, Danish and muffins, and we just eliminate all of that stuff. And you would be getting like probably four or five cups of, of vegetables right off the start in the morning. How does that sound? I'm getting hungry. And I just <laughs> had lunch. <laughs> You'll have to come down to Mexico for a green smoothie. <laughs> That's the best invitation I've had in a long time. <laughs> Because the fruit and vegetables, when, when my friends come down here, my family, they say, wow, because I make them green smoothies in Canada, and they go, wow, these smoothies down here taste so fresh and so good. Yeah, yeah it's incredible. I was going to ask you if you have a lime tree in your backyard. No, but I'm, you know, I'm, I really want to open uh, a guest house. Um, and I'm really trying to open a guest house here for people with Lyme to come and recover. That's a great idea. I love it. It is. But because I'm, I'm, uh, I don't have a lot of, I'm not very financially strong. Um, I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to do this, but I figure if it's meant to be, it will happen at well, some point or another. Let's, let's talk business for a second. Cause I have a little, I'm, I'm working on, a plan now to move my practice into a slightly larger space. Okay. Uh, about a little bit more than twice as big as where it is now. To add in an additional treatment room, have room for a sauna, foot uh, bath detox, ionizing detox, and in the front have a juice, juice and smoothie bar. Perfect. And so I'm figuring, I don't have money in my account ready to fund this thing. So I've been looking at, at Indiegogo and other crowdfunding things. Yes. And you know, maybe you could do that and pre-sell a few of these trips and get enough beforehand to build it. So when the people came down, they'd have a place to, uh, to park their themselves. Well, I never thought of pre-selling. That's a great idea. 
I was, I did recently try a GoFundMe and I was receiving funds and I ended up returning them all um, because I, I received a lot of messages from people saying that, you know, is this a nonprofit? And I tried to set up a nonprofit here in Mexico, mm-hmm. but it was so, um, the yeah. legalities were just so incredible down here that I just scrapped the whole idea for now. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, I think I, you know, the whole nonprofit doesn't mean charitable. Nonprofit means you get a tax write-off for some people, um, and, and you know, there there are nonprofits out there where the CEOs are making as much as the CEO for chemical Quite. companies. So yeah. I'm not. Anyway, it's one of the in Central New York. It's one of the big business plans. The business plan is well. I'll start a nonprofit and get grants, and that's their business right, plan. Right, right. You know. Anyway, let's not go down that road. Let's <laughs> Pro- not. Profit isn't necessarily evil. It's what makes the world go round. Yes. You know, it's like you have a profit so you can pay the local carpenter to build the space that they need and pay the local farmer to b- grow the produce that you need to feed people yes. and so forth and so on. It's, yeah. You know, it, anyway, it's a medium of exchange. And yes, it'd be great if we could just trade like in one old-fashioned village, but the world's too big for that. We need, we need money. We need we do. money to operate. Okay. How can people get your advice, learn about you, become a fellow rebel? Okay, well, I have given away everything that I have done for free on my blog. And so, and I, I did that because when I started, I was very poor and I couldn't afford anything. Mm-hmm. So I was very grateful to all of the information. So it's all there. If people want, uh, I am doing coaching now one-on-one and they can contact me on my blog if they want a coaching session. What's and that address? It's realfoodrebel.com. Okay. And, and my business email is, is um, info at realfoodrebel.com. And you're on Facebook as well, yeah? I am, yes, I am. Beautiful. And it, it's all there, like everything I've done. I did, I did Buner's Herbs, uh, and I, I did Wall's Paleo Diet. I did extensive parasite cleansing, and I did a lot of detox strategies. And... Um, and for me, it's just been simple. It's just reduce the pathogenic load, but not in a way that it hurts your, your, your intestinal flora and get the, get your minerals up and, and, and just detox your life, detox your, your home and beauty products. It's pretty simple. You know, the body will heal itself if we give it everything that it needs and take away everything that it doesn't need. And, you know, like, 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 I, and my hair, my hair is like three times as thick as it was two years ago. My hairdresser, she can't believe it. And everything heals. But wait, that's not supposed to happen. Why isn't it? <laughs> You're only supposed to get thinner and older and grayer. No, especially it's incre- your hair. No, it's incredible what's <laughs> happening to me. And I mean, it, it is. It's like I look better now than I did 20 years ago. Um, and I just, I'm optimistic. I have a lot of energy and I'm really excited and it's, I get really excited about food and I just want to show people that it's, you know, it's possible and, um, and everybody can do it and we don't need thousands and thousands of dollars to pay practitioners or, uh, we, we can do this thing. By the way, I am a fan of, of, of uh, chiropractic care. <laughs> I want to just throw that in. Well noted. <laughs> and acupuncture. Of course. Sometimes it's funny. Sometimes, what? So let me end end the interview with with this question because some people are just in a place where they're just totally overwhelmed. Yes. There's too much information. And I think the illness also affects your ability, one's ability to think and plan. I really think Lyme is specific. It just kind of 
leaves yes. you looking at the doorknob going, duh, how do I work that thing? Does. So what, what got you up and motivated? Like, what was the spark that said, you know what, maybe I can do this? Well, I planned my funeral in 2012. I picked out my casket. I was ready to die. Um, That's pretty intense. Yeah, it was. And I I was bedridden and um, I said a prayer and I I said, God, you know, you either got to heal me or you got to take me because I'm done. And um, I, I, I then found Stephen Buhner's herbs. Okay. And I think for me, that was the answer. It was the herbs. And then shortly after that, it was the diet. I found Wall's diet and I, and I did the parasite cleansing. And I know there is no easy way to approach Lyme disease because it's so multifaceted. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I had these infections for years and I, it, these infections left me so nutrient bankrupt. Yeah. Um, that's the problem. It's not just, it's not just kill, kill, kill these things. It's also, okay, kill. And like I said, they've got to kill the pathogens. They've got to get the nutrition up and they have to heal their guts. And I think that's, I wish I could say there's an easy thing, but there isn't. Uh, for me, it's simple when I look back on it all. It's like, heal your gut, eat good food, take some herbs, get out in the sun. Um, I know I, it, I wish there was just a simple, simple answer because this disease is so horrific. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, uh, it can be very, very discouraging, but I just, you know, one thing I had to do is I had to get really angry at Lyme disease and I had to get really angry at the medical establishment and, and that just kind of gave me the push finally to just push and fight. If when we lose our fight, we lose the battle. Yeah. I told a girl yesterday, you got to get angry at this thing mm-hmm. and you got to fight. You know, you got to walk to that store and buy those vegetables if you have to, you know, like you got to push back. I know I had to. Very well said. Thank you very much, Brenda. You're so welcome. She had several very fascinating things to share, and it was a delight listening to her. But one of the things that have that really struck stuck with me um, was she really went old school with her treatment. Not only did she change her health and diet, but she changed her location as well. And that's something that, you know, you'd hear stories about from, you know, the 19th century, people going to up to the Adirondacks to treat their tuberculosis or going to, you know, uh, in Jane Austen, you'd go to Bath for your health, that sort of thing. So the fact that she changed her location to regain her health is a very um, traditional way of uh, of becoming healthy again. You know. You're so right. We tend to discount the very simple things surrounding us. We've become so technologically advanced. We're able to control our environment. We're able to control our light. So we forget that up north it can be cold and dark and in the south it can be sunny and dry or sunny (laughs) and moist and warm. And those things absolutely have an impact on us and especially with Lyme disease with people have their central nervous systems inflamed and they don't quite feel settled they may be feeling anxiety they may be depressed keep the windows drawn stay inside want to isolate from other people that we don't get outside and get the sunshine you know we don't get outside and get fresh air and those simple things are really 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 important And the sun does more than just generate vitamin D and vitamin D sulfate on the skin, uh, or cholesterol sulfate, I should say. The the infrared, and maybe now they're figuring out some of the other wavelengths too, have a direct impact on our health. So it's critical if you can't get out in the sun to then mimic the effects of that by getting into a full-spectrum infrared sauna or something else that you can't handle. So, yeah, just... 
you know, just the other thing is we forget about is just the stress. I mean, she moved away from all her stresses and is in a cabana in Mexico and, you know, sign me up, get me a hammock. Exactly. (laughs) I'd like to hang out there for a month, put my life on pause for a second. So if you like Lime Ninja Radio, click on over to iTunes and leave us a review. We love to hear from you and we will read the reviews on the show. Here is a review from Backyard Naturalist. The Lyme Ninja podcast is an excellent source of up-to-date information regarding Lyme disease and treatment. I'm currently on the healing path after being sick with Lyme disease. It is an inspiration to hear how others worked through a very difficult time and came out on the other side. Thank you, Backyard Naturalist, and thank you, Aurora. And lastly, as you longtime listeners know, this podcast would not be complete unless we left you with the Lime Ninja fact of the day. Did you know a ninja can light a fire by rubbing two ice cubes together? Lime Ninja Radio is a purely public broadcast and is not intended to be personalized medical advice for any individual's specific situation. Each individual's medical situation is unique and Lime Ninja Radio should not be relied upon and or considered as personalized medical advice. Lime Ninja Radio is not licensed to render medical advice and should be considered simply the public opinion of Lime Ninja Radio and its guests. Recommendations on specific treatment options are not intended to address any listener's particular medical situation. As always, contact your physician before considering any new treatment.